ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon on assignment in Arizona. Tony Kornheiser, does that assignment involve the course or just the rain? Which? Tony didn't even get there. I'm just on like a restaurant hunt, found this new place, Pyro, in Phoenix. Oh. Now, it was the 10 yeah. with the first. I didn't get oh. to the golf course. It's so didn't great get that there. you would just mention restaurant. that and get a free meal tonight or tomorrow night. Good I don't care about free. You. I just want to get in. It's fabulous. Really? Really? Yeah. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, the Niners beat the Jags. Michigan beats Penn State and Texas A&M dumped Jimbo Fisher. But we Ooh. begin today with two loud upsets yesterday in the AFC. Cleveland kicked a walk-off field goal to beat Baltimore 33-31. And Houston kicked a walk-off field goal to beat Cincinnati 30-27. Wilbon, which result was more significant to you? Tony, I think beating Baltimore. Because there were people starting to say that suggest that Baltimore might be the team you'd have at the top of whatever power rankings you pay attention to for the NFL. And while Cincinnati had rebounded nicely after the slow start with Joe Burrow hurt, you know, you weren't yeah. saying they're the best quite yet. And so beating Baltimore, Tony, both those games, which ended the same way, they were something of stunners, you know? And I, I, I just think that beating Baltimore in Baltimore, I'm going to give a slight edge, though anytime you have a rookie quarterback lead you and bounce back from a mistake like the one he made, I don't know, I can talk myself into something else. But right now, you're asking me in the moment, you ask me tomorrow, I yeah. might answer differently. Yeah. I'm going to go okay. eh, beating Baltimore. Eh. Okay. I want to be very clear in what I'm going to say, and I, I'm sure we agree on this, that for Baltimore and Cincinnati to both lose at home is extremely surprising. It is particularly yeah. surprising that Cincinnati lost because they had a wide-open receiver in the end zone with two hands on the ball with about two minutes to go, and he dropped the ball, so they had to settle for a tying field goal. And as you alluded to before, I had come around, Mike, to think that Baltimore right now was the best team in the AFC. Yeah. Uh, because of the victories they had, they crushed Seattle. They crushed Detroit, both of whom won yesterday and looked sort of like playoff teams. So for Cleveland to put 33 points on Baltimore's defense, on that defense. really surprised yes. me. But having said all this, I think the Cincinnati game was by far more important, and I'm going to tell you why. By losing that game, Cincinnati is now 5-4. and four. They're 1-4 and four in the AFC. They're 0-2 oh in division. So they got tie no tiebreakers whatsoever. Tie and yeah. I think that sets up this Thursday night game, which is the best game on the schedule all year, which is Cincinnati at Baltimore. That feels like an elimination game to me for Cincinnati because if nah, they lose, Mike, no, yeah. if they lose, they're two behind Baltimore without any yeah. tiebreakers. Yeah. You know, and Tony, and, and what you're alluding to with Stroud, Stroud had another really good game, but Oof. yeah, it was a very bad pick 
close to the end of that game that let Cincinnati back in. And Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson had a pick six. Tony, Baltimore likes to present itself as being the best defense out there since the 85 Bears. Uh Uh-uh. Then you can't give it up like that at home. You got Baltimore. You got the ability to run the ball, play power football, stop the opponent, and you're at home, and you give it up like that? Do you want to hear a great stat about Baltimore? They've played 10 games. That's 600 minutes of football. They've only been behind for 29 minutes, and yet they have three losses. Because in tight games, Mike, we don't know if they can close. If you got a defense, you better be able to close. I don't want to hear no comparison to the 85 Bears. Stop it, please. Let's move to the NFC, where the Niners snapped their three-game losing streak by blowing out the Jaguars in Jacksonville. The Cowboys moved to 6-3 and three by crushing the Giants. Please, get that out of here. The Lions converted four fourth downs and edging the Chargers on another walk-off field goal. And the Vikes beat the Saints for Minnesota's fifth consecutive win and second straight behind quarterback Josh Dobbs. Tony, which NFC team had the biggest win to you? So I'm going to agree with you. Let's eliminate the Cowboys right away. Dallas, don't They've now played the Giants twice. They beat them 89 to 17. The Giants are terrible, so enough. Okay. I'm going to eliminate Detroit, too. That was a nice win. And Jared Goff made a great throw down the middle of the field on a fourth down that I wasn't sure they should go for. You know, but they were also up, I think, maybe 17 3 and 24 10. You know, and they they let the other team back in the game. Yeah. Yeah, and they let the other team back in the game. All right. So let's get to Josh Dobbs. Because he's the best individual story in the league in the last two weeks. He goes to Minnesota. He still doesn't know everybody's name. And he has been fabulous. But, and there's always a but, beating the Saints is not a big deal. What the San Francisco 49ers did is a big deal. They went on the road to Jacksonville, a 6-2 and team. And they beat them into dust. What is it? 34-3. They led from the beginning to the end. Brock Purdy had a clean game. He had no interceptions. He had no fumbles. That's the kind of game where you look at that team and you say, that's a Super Bowl team. Yeah, Tony, I agree with you, but they are coming off three straight losses. And Jacksonville is not ready for prime time yet. They're just not. I mean, you know, I mean, this is the kind of game, and Peterson referred to this afterward, that they're going to have to have. And now they know what playing a big boy on a big boy stage is like. So Jacksonville wasn't ready for that. I, I know in my confidence pool, I went out there and I picked San Francisco and I gave them some points because I was certain they were going to win that game. Tony, the story, as you alluded to, and the victory is the one that belongs to Josh Downs. It, New Orleans was above 500 going into yesterday's game. So I'm not going to trash though. New Orleans. They're not good. Tony, not good. Th- their record is what it is. It's better than some of these other teams people fluff up. So Minnesota, which is now six wins, Minnesota's only a game behind Detroit in the NFC Central. I mean, yeah. there's every chance for Minnesota to shock the world. And this guy, Dobbs, he's the best story in pro football, Tony. So he easy is. to root for, particularly when you listen to him post-game talk about what it was like just to be out there and the thrill. And it sounded like listening to a high school quarterback who had just made the varsity and had some big win over the neighborhood rival. It's so just refreshing yeah, ex- to see Dobbs and Isn't he an aeronautical engineer? Isn't he a space yeah, yeah. guy? Isn't he, a, isn't he, isn't he that? <laughs> and so not, not a, a high school kid. kid. 
Not a space yeah. cadet, but an actual space guy, yeah. His, he has a nickname, Pastronaut. It's a fabulous nickname, Pastronaut. Damn. We turn to college football, and naturally to Michigan, which beat Penn State at Penn State 24-15 without Jim Harbaugh coaching. Harbaugh and Michigan have filed a complaint in court seeking a temporary restraining order that would allow him to coach against Maryland and Ohio State in the next two weeks. Wilbon, what did Michigan's win over Penn State without Harbaugh tell you about the Wolverines? Nothing new. They're the best team in the Big Ten. Penn State is probably the third best team in the Big Ten behind Ohio State. It didn't tell me anything. I know the game was at Penn State. This is no surprise, particularly for people who spend as much time obsessing over Big Ten football as I do. This is what we expected, hardball or not. And so after hardball can't get back in there because they either can't find a judge, they, I mean, all these things that went on, the drama of the holiday weekend, and they can't get hardball back on the sideline, you knew Michigan was going to rally around him. You knew that those players were going to rally us against the world. I mean, teams do so much more with less than that. And so, you know, this is what they're going to do. They're going to beat Maryland's brains out, too, because Maryland is not ready for this either. And so the question is, where will Harbaugh be and what will be the That's state right. of Michigan football and the Wolverines when they go play against Ohio State? But go play means Ann Arbor. They're at home for that game. So it didn't tell me anything. Harbaugh, by the way, is quoted as saying this morning he's going to talk. He's going to court and he's going to talk some, which is going to be interesting to hear compared to like a movie script. So I sort of agree with you in the sense that it didn't tell us all that much about Michigan. You had no. it right on Friday when you said that they would rally and, and they would win the game. And to be fair, Penn State is not a juggernaut. They have no offense. And the proof of that is that James Franklin just fired the offensive coordinator, probably yeah. thinking that the next coach to go is going to be him. Because he's 3-17 and 17 against top 10 teams, and he's 4-16 and 16 against Michigan and Ohio State. And if you're Penn State and you want to be in the national conversation, those are very bad numbers. The greater story here is Harbaugh. What happens to Harbaugh from this point out? Is it fair what's happened to Harbaugh already. I mean, Mike, you know how I feel. Unless there is direct linkage to Harbaugh and the approval or the use right. of stolen signals. You mean signals, evidence. I, you want what, evidence. Yeah, what, you want yes. documents. Why is he being singled out and not the team? Why isn't the team yeah. suffering? Why aren't the coordinators yeah. suffering? Why is Harbaugh suffering? Look, we both agree that they're going to beat Maryland without Harbaugh, but I don't know of about course. Ohio State. And Mike, it's your conference. The loser of that game will not get in the Big Ten championship and will likely not get in the playoffs. So it is a big deal. Let's take one last break. Still to come, Kyler Murray, your boy, won in his first game back, but did Antonio Pierce and the Raiders do something more notable? And which Heisman contender had the best weekend? I got to figure out who they are, who the Heisman contender I got to tell you, Mike. It's so sanctimonious I, to, to, to suspend think, our ball. I think San Francisco proved something big. They're a contender now. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's a Pardon the interruption is presented by Bullet Frontier Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Part of happy hour. Warm up with the hottest games live with Vivid Seats. No matter the sport, Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you can score free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, an annual birthday discount, and more. They're the only ticket company in the game that rewards fans for every purchase. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. 
Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks. Predicting upsets. Winning my bracket group. And leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Welcome back to Pardon the Interruption. Presented by Bullet. Part of Happy Hour. Time to find out what's kicking with the commoners. Let me get the Mail first time. one here. Often I can't you read can't these mailbox things, but I think long. I can today. Mailbox needs to be a Bigger possession. deal. Kyler Murray winning or Antonio Pierce winning again? Yeah, Kyler Murray, Tony. When you go out with that kind of injury, with a knee injury, and everything you do, even though you have proven yourself to be a pretty good passer, still comes with movement. And we're seeing some of that movement right now. He's turning the corner like he never had any injury. And he had some long runs, and you're just like, oh, my goodness. It was like he just stepped out of college, and it was a, a rookie in the NFL with that kind of energy, that kind of speed, that kind of burst. And the Cardinals won that game. I mean, good for them. And look, yeah, I, I don't want to overstate this and say he's playing for his job, but, I mean, Arizona could, you know, decide to – draft a quarterback. They're going to pick fairly high in this. Antonio Pierce beat the Jets. That's what the Raiders are supposed to do at home. I'm going with Kyler right. Murray and his return after 11 months away. So I'm really happy for Antonio Pierce. I'm really happy when there's something as large as firing a coach and then you look back and you say that was the exact right move at the exact right time. It's like last season, not this season, but last season when the Phillies fired Joe Girardi and then they went to the World Series. And you knew, okay, that's the right move to make. But as you say, the Raiders beat the Jets. Antonio Pierce has in two weeks beaten the Giants and the Jets. These are terrible teams. Terrible. Do you know what his next five games are, which is when we can make a judgment? Here are the next five at the moment. It's uh, at Dolphins, Chiefs, Vikings, Chargers at Chiefs. So we're going to hold this in abeyance for a while to see how they do. And I'm with you on Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's out for a year. And he walks back in and he leads his team to a victory and he gets them right. That was another one of the field goal situations yes, late in the game. Yes. That one run he made where he covered 200 yards wow. personally wow. when he's chased. Amazing. That's the best play I saw all day. That particular play. Agreed. So it looked Agreed. to me... It looked to me like Kyler Murray stepped right back in as he yeah, should he have. What does beating Bill the Giants yes. and the Jets mean? What is that like? That makes you the king of exit three off the turnpike? Is it exit three? What is that? Route three? What is that? The Meadowlands. Yeah, it's a Meadowland. It means nothing because they're terrible teams this year. They're both really terrible. Boy, yeah. Which Heisman contender had the best weekend? Tony, I mean, Bo Nix had a really good weekend, you know, numerically. When you look at what he did, and he's a quarterback, and he's going to get a lot of votes, and his team is up there in ranks, and it should. But, Tony, there's a wide receiver wearing number 18 at The Ohio State University, Marvin Harrison Jr. He's the best player, Tone. He's the best player in college football. I know what I want him to be wearing next year. They can give him whatever number they want, okay? They can't give him 40 or 34 
or 51, but they can give him just about anything else he wants if we can draft him at the top of the draft. Marvin Harrison Jr. I think he caught seven passes for a buck 43, something like that. The, the numbers don't matter. Marvin Harrison dominates the game. Yeah. He's the I'm best, not going, best player. I'm not disagreeing with you. He's the best college football player. He is. He caught passes for 149 yards. He had two touchdowns. He had one rushing. That's okay. one candidate. One candidate. Michael Penix Jr. is another candidate at Washington. He's nice. He had two nice passing touchdowns against a tough defense in Utah and a rushing touchdown. The um, Alabama kid had six touchdowns. He had three yeah. rushing. He had three passing. And Alabama crushed Kentucky, but he had 270 yards total. I, yeah. I want you to remember the number 270 total with the six touchdowns. Okay. Nick's, All as right. you said, for Oregon, Nick's had – he's playing against USC. Of course he got well. Everybody gets well <laughs> against USC. He had 412 yards passing and four touchdowns, and they were all good. Did you see the stats from Jaden Daniels of LSU? Mike, yeah, he had over 600 yards yeah. total. He had like 372 passing and three touchdowns. He had 234 rushing and two touchdowns. Mike, 12 carries. That's 20 yards a carry. What? That's like Herschel Walker land. yards a yeah. carry. And he's a quarterback. But Marvin Harrison. He Tom. had the Marvin best Harrison. day. Marvin Harrison. But he, this kid from <coughs> LSU had the best day. Enough he had a great day. Let's take one last break. Still to come, Texas A&M says see you to Jimbo Fisher. Will the next coach do any better? And the Clippers fall to 0-4 with James Harden. Is that a bigger deal, though, than the teams that have been winning without him? Without him. You don't need James Harden. You need to not have James Harden. Let's get the clips of me saying that two weeks ago and three weeks ago. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. Happy time, people. Happy 21st birthday, Gio Reyna. Once considered a prodigy, the midfielder was recently chosen for the 24-player United States men's national team that will play a pair of games against Trinidad and Tobago in the CONCACAF Nations League quarterfinals. The home game will be in Austin, Texas this Thursday, followed by the away game next Monday in Trinidad. Reyna hardly played in the last World Cup. The side plot was the tension between U.S. MNT coach Greg Berhalter and Reyna's parents, star soccer players Claudio and Danielle, who dished some dirt about Burhalter and his wife from years ago. Gio Reyna recently played for Burhalter in the U.S. MNT 3-1 loss to Germany last month. All right, instead of turning this to a TMZ segment, let's mention that 
The U.S. is hoping to play its way into Copa America, Tony, where they could play, we could play Brazil or Argentina, something that would be really big to look forward to. Happy anniversary, Billy Sims. On this day 40 years ago, the great Lions running back, basically MMA kicked Houston Oilers defensive back Steve Brown as Sims hurdled over a would-be tackler. Before there was Barry Sanders in Detroit, there was Billy Sims. Sims won the Heisman at Oklahoma 10 years before Sanders won it at Oklahoma State. Sims was the number one overall pick in the 1980 draft, and he was a three-time Pro Bowler before a horrible knee injury cut his career short after just five seasons. Both Sims and Sanders wore number 20, as did Hall of Fame defensive back Lem Barney, and that number was retired by the Lions to honor all three of them. That's a cool, great picture, Tony. I'm glad I'm of an age where I got to see great running backs and appreciate them and understand how they were the pillars on which NFL teams were built and functioned, guys like Billy Sims. Happy trails, Jimbo Fisher. Texas A&M wanted to get rid of Jimbo Fisher so badly that they're going to pay him $76 million on a buyout of the contract they gave him. A&M fired Fisher yesterday after they beat Mississippi State on Saturday 51-10. to And they fired him after giving him a new 10-year contract just two years ago. The A&M athletic director said, and I'm quoting here, we're not in the championship conversation. We should be relevant on the national scene, unquote. Fisher, who won a title at Florida State, was 45-25 and in six seasons at A&M, 6-4 this year. Since winning the Orange Bowl in 2020, A&M is 19 and 15. They never made the SEC championship game, let alone the college playoff under Fisher. A&M is seen as having great talent and underachieving. Tony, this is one reason why you take that job at A&M. Because when you ultimately don't win a national championship, and they haven't done so since like 1936, then you get fired and you walk away with enough money to buy a small nation. Okay, so some dude who's an alum or a booster of A&M has an oil well in his backyard or many of them. And they're fighting over who's going to pick up the check to pay Jimbo Fisher like you and I might go at it over picking up a dinner at the Palm. Are you kidding me? It's I asked Pat Forty today, how do you get the kind of money to pay this guy off 76 million and Forty said, have you seen the price Pocket of crude change. oil lately? Something yeah. else just there really funny. One I-95 correction, Wilbon. The Meadowlands what? is exit 16W on the New Jersey Turnpike, not exit 3. Exit oh, 3 is yeah. the Atlantic City Expressway. Yeah. Shout out. Big finish. Here we go. There. Let's do it. The Patriots benched Matt Jones in a loss to the Colts. What happens now? I don't know and don't care. The Patriots are irrelevant. They are. A sentence we're not used to saying for more than 20 years. They're irrelevant now. The Edmonton Oilers fired head coach Jay Woodcroft after a win. Does that make sense to you? I'm surprised by this. They beat Seattle, which was a playoff team last year. He had 109 points with that team last year, second in the West. I'm just wondering this. Is he going to get $75 million on the way out? Ali Krieger <laughs> and Gotham FC won the NWSL championship. Your thoughts? The headline, again, is Megan Rapino who went out after six minutes with what she fears is a torn Achilles. And that is not the, the exit that you want. Man, women's college hoops yesterday, unranked NC State, upset number two UConn by 11, double digits. That's surprising, isn't it? Very surprising. Paige Beckers had 27, very surprising. Last one, the Sixers, the Wolves, the Rockets, the Heat have been winning and the Clippers keep losing. What's the biggest deal? 
It ain't the Clippers. They're relevant. They may become relevant, but Houston five in a row. The Sixers have one loss this season. James Harden is in neither place, which he could have been good for them. We're out of time. We will try and do better the next 